Hi guys and welcome to my second episode of Just Keep Swimming. Um, this one will be a little bit more, I don't know, cheerier I suppose. Uh, thank you to all of those lovely people, wonderful people that listened to my last episode and reached out to me, gave me some feedback. Um, it was really kind and really sweet and it meant a lot because it took a lot for me to do and record what I did. Um, so the feedback that I've had has been truly wonderful and really just given me something to kind of work on and focus on and knowing that I might be helping other people along the way during my journey, during my podcast journey, you know, brings a little bit of happiness to me, brings me a little bit of joy inside and it makes me feel good, um, not only am I helping myself in processing the emotions and my thoughts and stuff, but, you know, being able to reach out to other people and other listeners, um, it really does mean mean the world. Um, this episode will be a little bit nicer, I hope, because it's about my relationship with my mum. Uh, I apologise for my last episode again because it was quite grim it was quite sad, it was quite, um, I don't know, it really pulled at my heartstrings even listening back to it when I listened to it, but I just want to kind of give you a bit of an insight onto my mum really and I hope you get to know her a little bit better because she meant the absolute well to me as I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way about their mothers or their fathers or other people they might have lost along the way, along their lives. Um, so I take you back to probably when I was very, very young. And this is one of my earliest memories of me and my mum. And I remember um, standing in the front room um, by the front door with my back to the front door right against it. And me crying and crying really quite loudly it's probably screaming the house down actually um screaming and crying and scratching my face and screaming the words something like daddy come and take me with you come and take me away I want to be with you um and that's because I lost my dad when I was three years old um, and although I didn't have much understanding about it, didn't really understand what was going on, um, I didn't understand what had really happened because I was really quite young, you know, I, I literally have no memory of me and my dad. Um, I've got a terrible memory anyway, but it just goes to show that I really couldn't, I couldn't remember much about him at all. But what I do remember is stories that were told of him, so that was really, really nice. So I always have those to kind of reminisce on. But yeah, so I was in the front room crying, scratching my face. And, you know, kids do these weird things. And being a teacher, I see these weird things in primary schools all the time. Really weird things. So <laughs> for me to do it when I was quite young, I was one of those, one of those children. And um, I remember my mum, I think she was probably quite fed up, actually, because I probably did it. I, I did it a lot, I did it quite often, she was quite fed up and um, you know she kind of called me into the the other room and 
just said, come on, gave me a cuddle. And, um, you know, I let, let me cry it out. And I was kicking and screaming and, you know, probably not being very nice to my mum at all. But, you know, she was doing what any mother would do and just holding me and making sure that I was okay. Um, but yeah, that is one of my earliest memories of me and my mum. And then it's really terrible because I don't remember much more from my childhood, really. I remember little bits and bobs, obviously, because things always come back. But nothing that really stuck out. Nothing that really, really stuck out. Um, and that's because my memory is horrendous. Um, remembering dates, remembering birthdays, remembering, you know, just any little thing any little like you know unique moment in my life I just have a really really terrible memory um anyway I digress from day one mum was always like super affectionate super loving um and I loved that about her you know sometimes it was like overly affectionate and you know when you're growing up and you're a teenager you're kind of like oh go away stop it stop kissing me stop hugging me but she was always, always very affectionate. I came from a very loving and affectionate family. My mum was always really caring and considerate towards us and always did tried her best with us. And I think after losing my dad, um, when I think she must have only been about 38, um, you know, losing my dad was probably like a huge, huge like wake-up call. And, you know, being an... A, a woman who was who came over from India it must have been you know really hard for her I don't think she really did much in terms of like um you know dealt with bills she didn't deal with like house stuff she didn't deal with you know things that required her to understand the English language I suppose she didn't really do much of that I think my dad did a lot, my dad did most of it. Um, so when, you know, my dad sadly passed away, my mum had to kind of step up and be the mother and the father. And I really can't imagine what life would have been like for her because it must have been really, really terrible and really, really hard. And even though we had family around to help out and stuff, ultimately it was just me, sorry, it was just her and her three kids under one roof as I've got two brothers and she brought us up you know and we had a happy childhood and it was really nice and she was always really loving always lots of kisses and cuddles and you know lots of just hugs and squeezes and stuff like that um and I remember from again from quite a young age I would always make sure I kiss my mum goodnight and I did it probably every night, every night, up until probably like, I don't know, towards the end, um, after turning probably like 30, 30 something maybe, 31 maybe, you know, I kind of stopped it, I just thought it's a bit weird, I don't know, but you know, I'd still give her my cuddles and stuff and whatever else and, you know, but I, I did used to kiss her goodnight all the time most nights every night actually <laughs> and um 
I remember if I was to ever like be upstairs watching TV and you know have fallen asleep or something, she would just shout up and basically wish me a good night and ask why I didn't come down for a kiss. <laughs> um, but she was always just, just always there, always always there. When um, I was growing up, so probably when I was like at the end of primary school maybe beginning of secondary school um she was quite unwell she was quite ill and you know she went through a lot she went through a lot she had a lot of health issues and stuff and um it didn't matter it really didn't matter what she was going through because if you looked at her, you wouldn't be able to tell. If you saw her face and you saw her smiling face, you wouldn't be able to tell. And she just kind of almost like smiled her way through it. She just kind of got through the day by smiling and just being loving and just being caring and all of that. And um, she actually, you know, she had uh, three cancer scares as I was growing up. And sadly, the fourth one, she didn't have enough in her to battle it and to fight it. And that's what took her away. Um, anyway, back to some happier times. She was always happy. She had an infectious laugh. She was always full of happiness and positivity and always saw the best in people. And that was one of the things I loved about her. It didn't matter if family did her wrong. It didn't matter if um, friends treated her badly. It didn't matter if people were not being very kind to her. You know, it didn't phase her. It didn't phase her. She still, she still always saw the best in people. She still always smiled. She still always, you know, was just wonderfully loving all the time she made an effort with people even when they didn't make an effort with her always made an effort would always make those phone calls to family and friends and stuff and you know in every family in every you know in every relationship there's always somebody that doesn't always you know give that give that back doesn't reciprocate it but that didn't matter to mom she always made the effort, didn't bother her, didn't matter. Um, she was really the happiest when she was around people, when she was talking to people. You know, she'd be on the phone constantly, constantly. Like, I'd be upstairs in my room. She had a very loud voice. You could hear her. You could hear her in no matter what room you were in. She was very loud, always laughing. Um, it was constantly like she was on the phone to someone in India. You know, when the phone lines were really bad back in the day, where you'd have to shout really, really loudly to get your point across because the other person couldn't hear you. Well, mum spoke like that every day on the phone, no matter who she was talking to. <laughs> Didn't matter. But she loved talking. She loved talking to people. She loved being around people. She loved parties and weddings. And one thing that a lot of people still remember about and still say things about her, they always say she was always dancing and always smiling and that's how I want people to remember her I want people to remember her and her happiness and her um you know her 
dance moves as well. Didn't matter what party it was, didn't matter what wedding it was. She was always the first on the dance floor. And in the beginning, it was like a little bit embarrassing because you get embarrassed with your parents. Everyone does. And I was a little bit embarrassed when she'd get up on the dance floor, <laughs> you know, boogieing away. But, um, you know, looking back on it now, I kind of regret having those feelings. But I was a stroppy teenager um, and a stroppy 20-something-year-old. So, you know, that was just the way I was. And, you know, eventually I learned to love it. And I used to get on the dance floor with her. You know, she'd drag me along. She'd like grab me by the hand and take me to the dance floor with her. Dragged everybody else as well along the way as she was going. She'd have like a train of people, you know, going to the dance floor with her, which was really, really nice. Um, it really didn't matter what the occasion was. She was just always dancing and always happy. She loved... Um, one of the things she loved was Bollywood. She had a massive, massive love for Bollywood. Both music and movies, okay? Didn't matter what it was. She loved it. Didn't matter if it was, it was the crappiest story ever. She'd always find something good about it. Um, She absolutely loved it. I have, I have so many memories, so many memories of taking her to the cinema. We'd go to the cinema... We'd park up, we'd walk up to the, you know, the ticket machine or the ticket people. We'd buy the tickets, we'd buy some popcorn, we'd buy some chocolates and some sweets. <laughs> we'd go and sit down and we'd wait for the movie to start. And the moment it started, <laughs> no matter what it, what was going on on the screen, she would either be um, laughing or crying she would like even talk at the screen to the people, um, at the characters in quite a loud voice. Um, she would be, you know, she'd kind of live through the movie as if she was in it. It was really funny. It was very sweet as well. And she did all of that. She did all the laughing and the crying and the, you know, talking to the people whilst I sat there and scrolled through my social media on my phone. Because I really had no interest in Bollywood movies. I had no, no interest whatsoever. Um, but I always made an effort to take her to the cinema because I knew she loved it. And it made her smile. And the funny, I think one of the funniest things was about taking her to the cinema was when she sang along. She sang along to all the songs because she knew them. Because she'd have listened to them beforehand sing along to all the songs and if you know Bollywood movies there are a lot of songs throughout <laughs> they would break out into songs no matter what they were doing you know eating let's break out into a dancing song sleeping break out into a dancing song didn't really matter um it was re just really really funny just looking back at it now So mum really loved cooking. She spent a lot of time in the kitchen. She spent hours on hours just in the kitchen cooking up a full-on feast. And it was just delicious. It was just the best food in the world. And I know most people believe that their mother's food is the best. But honestly, my mum's food was honestly awesome. Like, I don't know what she magically put in it. But it was just the best food ever. And, um... 
yeah, I'm still trying to perfect my culinary skills because all the times she would argue with me about getting into the kitchen and trying to learn to cook and, you know, she'd always say to me, what will you feed your husband? You know, what about when you get married? It's your role to cook. You've got to do the cooking. And, um, yeah, I just wouldn't listen. And it went, it went in one ear and out the other. But, um, you know, on the odd occasion when she, you know, forced me into the kitchen um, and I'd attempt to cook, you know, simple meals, she would literally watch me like a hawk. She would watch every little thing that I would put into the pan and she would do her own thing. She would, um, she would add salt, she would add spices, she would add whatever. But the moment my back was turned, that was it. She'd just go at it and then we'd argue because I'd be like, well, what is the point of me cooking, mum? If you're just going to be here adding your own stuff into it, what is the point? You know, you, apparently you've taught me well, so let me, let me have a go. And then we'd argue a bit more and, you know, then I'd storm off and, and it just happened quite often. So I kind of stayed clear of the kitchen because I always thought, you know what, your cooking is the best. You don't need me to cook. Um... But yeah, she did love her cooking and obviously eating all that lovely, delicious food. Mum loved to travel. She loved going to India um, mainly because um, she had a lot of family there, her brothers, her sisters, and she loved spending time with them. She was always very happy while she was there. And, you know, she was always very hard to get hold of, actually, when I'd call her. It would take me a few days before I actually got in touch with her because she'd be out and about doing her thing with her brothers and her sisters and all the aunties and uncles and nephews and nieces and all of that. But she absolutely loved it. Um, and I want to take you back to probably well, my early childhood and stuff and our family home. And we'd been there for probably, as a family, because all, all me and my brothers grew up there, we'd probably been there for like over 30 years. And in my late 20s, my mum um, suffered with a bit of depression. And she got very low and she, her mood had changed and she wasn't her usual bubbly social self. Um, so we decided that we'd move. We'd move house to see if that helped. And it did. It did. I Honestly, the moment she opened the door to our new house, there was like an instant lift of her mood like I could just see it in her face in her eyes in her body language she was just so much happier instantly pretty much and um whilst we were there whilst we were here actually because I'm still staying here whilst we were here she was the happiest she'd been in a very long time you know she whilst she was going through a depression at the old house she wasn't cooking she wasn't talking to anybody and after moving, she found that love again. She found that love to cook again. She found um, different hobbies. We had a nice, we have a nice-ish garden. You know, it's a, it's a bit bigger than our old, our old house. And she loved um, potting her plants. And she started a bit of gardening. And that was really nice. So I remember there'd be trips to like Tesco or the garden centre picking up a few like bits and pieces. So she could get her gardening skills tip-top um another one of her hobbies was crocheting 
That was a funny one because she'd sit there with a big ball of wool and um, she'd just start doing her thing and apparently she did it back in the day and she remembered the skills and she didn't make anything fancy or anything amazing but it was something that kept her mind occupied and that was nice that she had another hobby. It was it was good to see that she was trying to do different things. Uh, sadly, she didn't get to spend much time in the house. She'd only spent about 18 months before she sadly passed away. Um, but she had some really happy moments. We had some happy moments here and it was really nice. It was really lovely. Even though she faced many, many bad times in her life, many ups and downs, she was always full of life and always, always smiling. And that's how I want to remember her. That's how I want to remember her. I don't want to remember her in any other way. I want to remember her smiling. I want to remember her happy. I want to remember her loving and caring and happy side. And I'm going to end it there. I think you've learnt quite a bit about my mum. All good, I hope. Um, I'm hoping it gives you a bit of insight to my relationship with her. Um, and how close we were. But I absolutely idolised my mum. She was the best person in the world. She still is the best person in the world. No one will ever take her place. And I miss her deeply. I miss her so much. Um, but I'm not going to get sad. I'm going to try and remember all those happy times and all those lovely times. And I'm going to think of think of her in a positive light as much as I can, as I always have tried to do. Um, so I'm going to leave you on this episode of Just Keep Swimming. This is my second one, which I'm quite happy that I've done. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening. And I hope to speak to you guys in my next episode, which I'm still working on. So, um, yeah, sending you lots of love, lots of positivity, lots of sunshine in your dark days. Um, take care of yourselves, guys, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.